You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engines! The following is a paid program. This program may contain adult themes and nudity, and you can never go wrong with that. Speaking of always being right, views expressed on this program are those of life-experienced mechanics. Continued listening may cause addiction, and in rare cases, a rash. Discretion is advised. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, let's go! Yee-haw! Hey, it's so nice to be here. Uh, was, we were off last week. We drove out to Montreal. No, 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 you were off last week. I was here. No, you kidding? Yeah, I don't know. Seriously, me in the studio audience. Yes. What do you think? We just all went for a vacation? No. Well, it wasn't. Really the boss a, took all. It wasn't a vacation. It was. Uh, you know, we spent two days in Kingston. We did the island tour. Uh huh. It was Kingston's a nice little town. It was really, really nice. I we enjoyed it. You're only saying that because they promised to lock you up if you didn't. They forgot to charge me for the room. <laughs> <laughs> uh, today we were going to do some interesting stuff. We'll be talking with Carrie Schmidt, who's up uh, talking about the. Fires that are going on in Perry Sound, uh, right up to Sudbury. I used to work up there when I was a kid. Did you? And uh, yeah, I was a tail gunner. Uh, we call that a, survey. A tail I was, gunner? Yeah. Well, in survey. Well, you were in the big one. You're I, not that old. <laughs> my pro- my job was to hold the last piece of the tape okay. when they're doing surveying. <laughs> so I actually worked on legal surveys when I was in college. And they call that the tail gunner. The tail gunner. Well. Alrighty. Then uh, we're also be talking to uh, Joe Rigo. Joe's got an inter- interesting site on the web. It's for dealers only. So if you're a dealer, listen up. Uh, it's called 90 Day Pool. And the idea is if you've got cars that are older than 90 days, obviously that's iron that you got to move. Mm-hmm. Uh, that stuff will be traded off with somebody else who's got stock for 90 days. So it's an, a site where you can actually barter. It's the old-fashioned barter system. Cool. And we'll talk to him later in the show. Interesting there. And we'll talk about vomit fraud. I did a little piece for the Internet on that, and this is fascinating. A piece of vomit? Vomit fraud. It's about Uber, and mm-hmm. I can't tell you more till we tell you. Exactly. So, uh, listen, if you want to call in, the phone lines are starting to fill up. We're glad to take your calls. The audience is not here. so uh, The studio audience. Yeah, the studio audience. But we need the radio audience. Uh, we've got a lot, we got a lot of those, i got to tell you. Exactly. <laughs> thousands and thousands. And if you've got a car care question, by all means, give us a shout. We've got a million years of automotive experience right here at your disposal. All righty, we're back. Um, I'm Dave Redinger. I'm here with Alan Gelman. With that Matt. would be me from Glen Ellen Motors. 900 years of automotive experience one day at a time. <laughs> uh, Carrie Schmidt is with us. She's with the OPP, and we're going to be talking about the fires that are going on up at 69 and Perry Sound to Sudbury. Uh, Carrie, good morning. How are you? Oh, good morning. Uh, I'm in some nice blue sky here right now, but there is some smoke-filled skies. Uh, just like what you're saying, it is unbelievable some of those fires that are out of control. You know, when I opened up my door this morning to get the newspaper, um, it was foggy over the city, and I went, 
Son of a gun, the smoke is blowing south. <laughs> I, I don't know, I thought that. But then when I stuck my head out, it didn't smell, so I said, okay, we're good. So yeah, yeah. But, you know, the heat that we're going to be expecting this weekend or the humidity, we're getting, uh, you know, mid-30s already for temperatures, uh, and that is just fuel for fires. And that's why they have fire bans in place in most of cottage country up in northern Ontario. And uh, this is a long weekend. There's many campers, travelers, vacationers. All they want to do is have a bonfire at the end of their uh, evening. Mm-hmm. But uh, a, a one one flying spark can float away and catch a, a leaf and timber and get a fire started that you may not be able to control. So, Well, question, but but you got to eat, right? So <laughs> can, can you not use your stove? What's the deal? Well, yeah, sure, absolutely. You can uh, you can still barbecue and, and so on, but uh, having open fires is just far too dangerous because that heat just goes up, ashes go up with it, and you don't know where they're going to land. And, uh, you know, when we see the fires, we see the smoke, we see the, the firefighters that are out they're from around North America that are here helping to put these, these blazes uh, under control. There's uh, areas um, which are obviously limited for activity and, and traveling. So if you have a cottage up north, uh, plan ahead before you head up there water bombers are scooping water off the uh, off the lake so there's all those uh, urban myths about uh, scuba divers being found in trees i don't know if that's true or not <laughs> stay away from some of that, that water where those bombers are, are flying so question if, if your cottage happens to be on a lake that they're you know sucking the water up from what are you supposed to do in that situation well you know what best thing is to be informed and, and talk to your local municipality Follow Ontario Fires, uh, Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources. You can follow the OPP Twitter accounts up in Central Region and Northeast Region. Uh, they'll tell you what's open, what's closed, what you can and can't do. Uh, for example, drones are a huge, uh, a huge industry, and people love getting those aerial photographs. But did you know they're illegal to fly in uh, in forest fire areas just because of, of the hazards of all these low flying. Uh, water bombers and helicopters that are out there trying to put these fires out and, and get crews into locations that uh, that aren't accessible except by air. Mm-hmm. So if you're driving north and there's a, a fire, what, five miles from the highway, uh, yeah. do they restrict the traffic or do they tell you don't go here, come go around another way? Well, yeah, it's all dependent on the way the smoke is traveling, the way the fi- fires are moving. We don't want to get people trapped in areas. Uh, there have been uh, lane closures and highway closures in some areas. And so if you see that billowing smoke, uh, just get off at a service center or an exit or a gas station someplace and make sure you can actually travel through. Listen to your local radio stations for uh, traffic advisories and updates. And uh, we don't want people getting into, uh, into a position where they can't uh, get out and, and waste their time. So, And we don't want to hamper or impede uh, the work that is being done up there right now. So it is a beautiful country, and we don't want to see it... Uh, you know, I'll go up in flames. So do you have we, to move. Do you have to move your own cars around uh, to, to have extra staffing in these areas? Well, you, do you know what? Uh, yeah, we certainly do have uh, our OPP resources uh, assisting as whatever we can to assist with traffic control investigations and, and making sure the public and the citizens are aware of what uh, the risks are and, and what the, the uh, uh, exclusion areas or, or um, evacuation zones are. I know we we've done some evacuations uh, through some of the First Nations communities, and we work together with the uh, airlines and so on to get these uh, communities evacuated. I don't know of anything going on right now uh, that is happening, but that's something that's always on the on the tip of our mind. And we have a whole provincial operations center that is monitoring all the activities across the province. And I know the eyes are focused right now up in uh, those forest fire areas. So Fire 33 and Perry Sound, like you're saying, and all that area. There's a there's a lot of action going on there. So. Uh, as incredible as it is to see from those pictures, uh, it's not something that uh, I would suggest uh, 
tourists go up and start taking pictures yeah, of. Yeah, obviously. Carrie, thank you so much. I know our interviews don't take long enough, but... Our focus is slow down, move over. So when you see those emergency flashing lights on the side of the road, please slow down, move over. Let's make sure we all get to go home safely. And that's that's what we're asking for everybody here today. Appreciate it. Kerry Schmidt was with the OPP, and he's available at any 400 series highway. Just do 160, and he'll find you. Can you imagine? Like, you, you know, you're, you're, you're driving the ski boat, right? And, and you hear the sound. You look in your mirror, and you go, holy mackerel, they're dive bombing me. <laughs> How did these fish get on the roof? Kerry, <laughs> <laughs> have a safe, uh, great weekend. Hey, right on. Thank you. You too. Okay, All right. Bye-bye. All right. We've got callers jamming the lines, but yeah. uh, I've got a couple open there. If you want a car care question, by all means, give us a shout right now, and Ainsley will take your call right after this break. Okay. All right. We're back, Davey. All righty. Let's see what's on the board, and it says uh, Robert from Belleville. He's the furthest away, so let's talk to him. Robert, how are you doing this morning? Okay. Excellent. And your car question is? Well, I took my car in for uh, an oil change, mm-hmm. 14 cruise, and the mechanic used a impact gun to take out the, the uh, drain plugs. Right. And in so doing, he stripped the head. Oy. Okay. And, and then he used vice grips to take it out. Right. Then he charges $26. For a new drain plug. For a new drain plug. Is that fair? No, not at all. And what did you say? I argued with him for a while, but he said, oh, well. The, uh, <laughs> oh, well. The drain plug wasn't made properly. Oh, a bunch of, um, uh, listen, um, uh, is this a dealership? Yeah, a GM dealership. A General Motors dealership. Yep. I would suggest that you talk to the service manager, and if he's not happy, I would suggest you go to Google Maps and put something down, and you'll get an answer right away. Really? Using well, a, yeah. Use an impact gun and take a drain plug yeah. out. Wow. It's, all right. Never I heard that before. I talked to the service manager, but he wouldn't, you know, he it's wouldn't kind of, take any uh, advice from me. Okay. Then I would suggest that either your th- your next step would actually do write a letter to the dealer. Which and what you're complaining about is not really the damage, but the way they've handled it, and that you expect a full refund, not just for the uh, drain plug, but also for the oil change, for, yeah. your, for your inconvenience. Well, it cost us eighty-five dollars for the oil change. Wow! Oh, synthetic oil. Yeah, whatever the uh, yeah synthetic. Well, plus plus twenty-five dollars for drain plug and yeah, uh, extra yeah, labor. Yeah. Definitely talk to the dealer principal, and if they don't, don't get any joy there, I would just go to Google Maps, and when they ask for comments, just put it in there. All right. All right, Robert. Somebody he, will call he's you. Definitely in, in the in the wrong, eh? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. It's that's. It's, Nobody used impact guns. Not no no not on an oil change. They I don't. I used it on my honeymoon once. You used, <laughs> to take, you used to take the wheels off, but but having said that, uh, when you're putting them back on, you're supposed to use a torque wrench. Yes. I know he used the impact gun because he showed me the socket he used. Yep. No, well, it was obviously the wrong size, and that's why it slipped off the. That's why it, it rounded off the drain plug. Yeah, you're a victim of circumstances. But we've had 11 oil changes there before. I've never had any trouble. Yeah. Well, yeah, but this is a new guy, you see. Yeah, he is new. Yeah, he's only a couple months old. Yeah. Well, definitely, look, look. Talk to the dealer principal. You don't get any happiness. Go public. Okay, thank you. Okay, All right, good luck. Take care. You know, it's funny because you see when you get one bad uh, uh, thing on Internet, like, you know, mm-hmm. one bad remark, you'd be amazed how it affects your business. Oh, it does. It does because you see, you can't change it. Nope, no. it's there forever. And uh, you know, people now better wise up because the public was is smarter than they used to be. Right, right, right. right. Well, listen. Uh, well, he's so upset. He phoned the radio show. 
Well, I, I don't blame him. He wanted some advice when, you know, he wanted to know if he was in the right or the wrong. Because, you know because you see, you know, it was the service manager said, well, it's not my fault. Nothing I can do. Well, yeah. that was wrong. That was the wrong answer. You should have just thrown a drain plug in there. <laughs> exactly. Okay, oil types. Robert. Uh, we're going to go to uh, line one. We've got Robert, who's also got a question about oil. Robert? Today's oil day. Yeah. All right. Okay, so I just recently purchased a Toyota Avalon LXS has 65,000 kilometers on it. I bought it from a dealer. Uh, somebody else bought it from another dealer, and uh, so they don't have any service record on it. So I was asking him what kind of oil I should put in it. He said, refer to the manual. I said, okay. So it says in the manual, 020, mm -hmm. 520, 530, 1030. So uh, I'm from the old school where I used to change the oil every 2,000 uh, miles, which benefited me because I never burned oil. And now with the synthetics oils, you change them every 10,000 or longer. Yes. But my theory is it's not the oil that causes the problem. It's the dirt in it. So if you leave a filter in there for six months, you're going to get a problem. I know you can get extended filters, but you're talking 100 bucks, folks. So what can I use? Can I use... Uh, 530, or like it's not a high compression engine, so no. I don't know why you need that lower uh, mark there for five, you know. Well, I, I would use the 520 because that's the most common oil that's out there right now. Okay, and how about synthetic? Cause I know synthetic's a thing to use today, but I like the old one because I can change it faster and it costs me half the price. The organics. Well, that's the whole, yeah, like as you say, the dirt goes in there regardless, right? So why would you want to leave it in there longer? Um, right. So, uh, yeah, if, you're gonna, if you have no problem with changing your oil every 5,000 kilometers or every three months, then just go with the 520, and uh, I wouldn't bother with the synthetic. You know, there are uh, companies that when you come in, they just swap the, the filter and leave the oil alone. You know, when they, when, when they have cars, I think it's BMW, uh, goes twenty five to 30,000 K on a change, but they do come in and flip out the filters. No, but if well, you're you the know, type of person that keeps a car for a long yeah, time, well, you'd want I've to take never, better care you know, of it. The best oil filter that was ever made was back in the <clears throat> excuse me the 40s, and General Motors bought it up. And you know what it was? Toilet the guy paper. rigged the thing up and he put a roll of toilet, toilet paper. In it, I know that and story. Took it out and threw it away. <laughs> and Bob's your uncle, right? Yeah, really? no poop. Eh? Actually, Bob's my brother. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, he could be your uncle too. By the way, if you want to arrange your your service records, try um, uh, Carproof or Carfax. Okay. Because there usually are records for the cars that every time okay, it was what's the service, name of it again? Carproof or Carfax, car one of the one or the other. Okay, that's the one where they record all the damage yeah. and everything that ever happened to it. But right? it also records all the services. Do you have to sign up for that for a? Uh, I think it's fifteen bucks. Oh well, that's that's all right. That's a yeah. Timmy's coffee, right? Okay. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Thanks, Thanks Robert. Robert. Thank have a great weekend. Take care. Uh, all right. Want to go to North York? We can speak to Nigel. Nigel's got a Cavalier. Hi. What's going on? Hi, Dave. My first time calling you. Uh, I've listened to you regularly, and I really appreciate what you'll do. That's better than I his wife. His wife never listens to him. <laughs> that's Dave, true. I, I've got a 99 Chevy Cavalier, uh -huh. not yeah. even 108 on it. Uh, passes emission with no problems. My question is, I've been told that when the car reaches 20 years old, they are, they are not going to uh, uh, reinsure it. No, is, no. Is that a fact? No, no, is, no. So that isn't a fact. Nope. No. As long as I pass my mission. No, after twenty years, I don't even think he does emissions anymore. Well, first of all, you know your your emissions have nothing to do with your your insurance company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Now so, they may yeah. ask you for a safety certificate. 
In other words, being it's a 20-year-old car, they may ask you to go to a garage and have it certified to make sure that it is safe. Yeah, a lot of times if you switch insurance companies, um, they'll want to have a safety certificate done because they want to know that they're insuring a car that's in relatively decent shape, okay? And that's actually a a pretty simple car, and not a lot goes wrong with it. So, no, no, you're just fine. And the other thing is... you can I also spoke to my insurance company, yeah. Yeah. and they said, uh, so far you've been passing all your emissions, we have no restrictions. That's right. But I had conflicting friends of mine. This car's in such good condition, everything works, even the air conditioning. Excellent. A little bit of rust and all, but she's beautiful. All right, Nigel, I want to thank uh, you for calling in with that. Dave, one thing, where located? Uh, I'm located at home. You're Alan's just to my right, actually. <laughs> I want to come to the service station one day. All right, Nigel, we're going to have to put you on hold, and we're going to give you that information in just a minute or two. Lines are flashing. Music's playing. we got to get the heck out of here. We'll be right back. Okay. Now, you know, we had a, we had, um, a young fellow on with a, with a Cavalier. Uh, I don't have a shop anymore. I retired like five, six years ago. Now, instead of being the effing boss, I'm the effing landlord. So, <laughs> Allen's has still got a shop. Exactly. If you need your car fixed, by all means, there's commercials for Glen Allen. Otherwise, I'll give you the phone number right now. It's 416-665-6230. Been up and downs you for many a year, and uh, we're happy to fix any of our listeners' calls. 90-day uh, Joe Rodrigo's on the phone. Joe, Joe hang on. i got to find the sheet. There we go. And it's called 90daypool.com. And this is a really interesting site. So if you're a dealer in the used car business, uh, this is something you should be looking at. Joe, give us a quick overview of what we're looking at. It's basically an Internet site um, for dealers to trade off aged inventory. Uh, It's basically old-style horse trading with new-style technology. So it's... uh, I was going to say, people don't realize that when a used car becomes 90 days old, it's really not uh, good merchandise to be selling. Well, it's not really necessarily good merchandise to be selling. It's just for whatever reason, the vehicles become stale. A lot of the cars that we're going to be having on our site are 2016 to 2018s. They're just, for whatever reason, they don't sell at that dealer's lot. So he can trade it off on a one-for-one basis, not dollar-for-dollar, with another dealer that has the same issue. Right. It could be just the part of town you're in or what yeah. what place you're living, and certain vehicles move way quicker than others, eh? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And dealers have no idea what to stock because the market's changing every minute. <laughs> well, right. You may be out in the suburbs where people are looking for family movers, you know, and here you've got to sell a Porsche that you've got to unload, and nobody there wants it. But, hey, you may be down in the city where there's lots of guys on Bay Street who are looking for that kind of car. Correct. So and, walk us uh, through how it works. Well, a dealer would uh, sign up on our site, either through the site or with our sales manager. Her name is Crystal Dunn. And they would then consign their vehicles through the site. Um, The vehicles would be inspected by us. It's a mandatory uh, inspection through us. So we get the true goods, as per se, on the vehicle. Mm -hmm. We don't want anybody with fictitious putting a car up that's not what it's supposed to be. And then uh, dealer A, which we would classify as a um, proposer, would choose any amount of vehicles that they want to trade for and send a request to the dealer that owns those vehicles. Mm -hmm. The dealer, the receiver, would then open up the email through the site or through his phone, and he would pick an equal amount of vehicles and send the request back. And as long as both sides agree, the vehicles then become sold, 
and they exchange the vehicles. It's a one-for-one vehicle exchange. And if there's, a different, if there's a difference in the dollar value, they would just work that out among themselves? Yeah, they, the dealers would, would uh, pay us, and then we pay the dealers. So we act as a facilitator, but it's not an auction site. It's actually a site that is just built to trade vehicles. Now, this it's is relatively exchange. new. I've never really heard of this. No, it's brand new, and it's been seven years in the making. It's been it's been tedious to build it properly, so it benefits the dealer. We've built it to benefit a dealer, not to just sell cars. And in, in the long run, we'll probably sell hundreds of thousands of cars. How does the uh, how does the physical movement of the cars happen? The the proposer because this has been built mainly for franchise dealers, and a franchise dealer is used to when they do a dealer trade to take the vehicle to the dealer that he's trading the car for. So that's the same premise. Mm-hmm. Wow. Whoever proposes the trade will then arrange transport to drop the cars off he's trading and pick up the cars that he's trading for and bring them back. Okay. So now this is for dealers only or registered used car dealers, I guess. Uh, anybody that's in the business legally. I mean, I mean, we're not on the top of curbsiders. It's No, not- this is for registered dealers only. Uh, when a dealer registers, we do our background homework to make sure they are registered dealers through OMBIC because that's mandatory. Yep. And they're basically, the bills of sale are going from each other. So it's exactly set up the same way as like, either be Mannheim or Odessa or any of the large car auctions. Question, but but can anybody, you know, can can a general public look at your website to look at your inventory? They could, no, they, they, they could not look at the inventory. They cannot get in it because you have to be a registered dealer. Okay. So it's, it's dealer to dealer wholesale. Registered, uh, you have to be registered and it's password protected to get inside the site. Exactly right. Okay. So the website is 90daypool.com. If you're a dealer, you can register there and you'll get started. And I guess you and whoever is registering will, will have a, uh, I, I want to say the word intercourse, but it doesn't exist. <laughs> well, if you go to the website on the front page, there's two large buttons. One that says register, which you can register right away, or yeah. if you want a tutorial to see how the site works, you click on both of those buttons. Okay, good. Thanks a lot. Okay, Thank you. this was uh, Joe Arrigo from 90daypool.com. So, again, if you're a dealer or a wholesaler or uh, in the business, this is a site that you want to go to and get rid of some of that stale inventory. We've got cars in stock almost for a year sometimes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How, how do you get them started? Uh, you know what happens? They're repos. And they come in and they have to be uh, gone over and everything cleaned up and blah, 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 blah. Anyways, good stuff. So 90 Day Pool. We'll be right back. Dave's Corner Garage. Give us a call. Alrighty, Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, our garage door is wide open. Alan is here with me from Glen Allen Motors. And my name, of course, is Dave. Dave. Now, uh, we have an incident with Uber. Uh, this comes from the Miami Herald. Uh, apparently, people are being charged for vomiting in the back of an Uber or dropping beer or whatever bodily <laughs> functions may be. Uh, and they're getting invoices on their credit card for 100 to $200. Well, I guess the danger here is that, of course, Uber has your credit card, right? That's correct. And permission to use it. So what's happening is the drivers will tend to take a picture of the damage, send it to Uber, and make a claim, and Uber automatically pays for the cleanup charge. No, no, no. They charge you to pay for the cleanup charge. Well, it pays, but sends them the money. Yeah. Okay? Now, the truth is a lot of this stuff is fraudulent. These people that that, that said, look, 
We weren't sick. We didn't do anything wrong. There was no damage to the seats. The car was perfect when we left. Uh-huh. But the only way to get a hold of Uber is through the emails. So You can't actually talk to anybody. You have to send them an email. And this goes back and forth and back and forth. And apparently, according to the article, they usually side with the driver. Really? So we called it vomit fraud. It was actually in the Toronto Star. Mm-hmm. They, they did the article here. So when you're leaving an, an Uber ride, I'm suggesting you take a picture of the back seat. Right. So where you were sitting. Yes. And just to prove that down the road. Now, if, if, if when you do take that picture, your phone will timestamp it, correct? That's right. It'll timestamp it, but you'll have to put on the GPS tracking system. Right, right. Every phone has a GPS tracking system, and that'll identify the place and the time of the picture. So if you get one of these erroneous charges, you can send this picture back and say, look, hey, this is obviously a crook that's trying to rip us off. Uh-huh. So remember that. So it's called vomit fraud. It's it's a whole thing. And this the reason I'm re- this comes from Miami, I guess, because there's a lot of older people there, retired people, and they go, "Oh, Mildred, were you singing the car? I can't I, I remember." I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, so um, if this is spreading, now you know the answer. So the bottom line is, when I'm getting out of Uber cars from now on, I'm snapping a picture of the back seat. Well, exactly. And you've got your smartphone with you, and yes. and take pictures. The yes. same thing too, Dave. I'm gonna just mention to our listeners. Um, a lot of times this. Same kind of thing happens with rental vehicles. Yes. You know, where all of a sudden you're back in Toronto after your holiday and they tell you that they found uh, scratches on the cars and your car has, and, and that security deposit that you left them with is now being used up. They've automatically put maybe $500, or $1,000 charge because you scratched the car. So when you get to the rental office, do a walk around. Take your camera out, walk around the car, take pictures. And then, of course, you know. Um, I take pictures before I grab the car. Right, but then make sure you take the same pictures again, you know, when you give it back. And there's another one. We were in a hotel in Montreal, a great, a good good company, I think Residence Inn it was, and the first room they gave us was full of smoke. Mm-hmm. We went, to, went into the room and you could smell the smoke, and these hotels don't have smoking. So I said, look, we can't use this room. Uh, my wife has asthma, and this is just not for us. So they gave us another room, which was fine. But he, he told me that they will charge the previous tenant or user yes. of that room, yep. up to $500 to clean that room up because it takes a day to clean it, plus they can't rent it out. So they actually will charge them for smoking in the room. Yeah, a lot of times now, if you if you specifically you know request a, a smoking room, a non-smoking room. They're, they're all non-smoking rooms. Well, right, right, but it tells you right on the contract that you yeah. better not do it. Otherwise, as you say, they're going to charge you for the lease, cleanup. Lease cars, 250 bucks if you're caught in a lease car rental. Oh, really? Smoking, yeah. Oh, wow. Smoking in the boys' room, you know that song. Yeah, but All what right. happens when marijuana is legal and a guy smokes yeah. a, a fatty in the car before you get in it? Well, you know, it's just venting out of my body. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to New York, and we're going to talk to Rich. Rich, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Good. Where are you? Uh, Lewiston, New York, just outside of Niagara Falls. Yeah, Paul's by York, the bridge. The yeah. Border. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where your phone goes. Uh, it's roaming into the U.S. all the time when you your Canadian phone. So tell yeah. me what's up with your escape. I got a 2014 escape. I bought it used with 25,000 miles on it in 14, okay? Now, it's just four-wheel drive on the back of the vehicle. I got stuck on a couple of small stove banks. And that uh, that it doesn't have any kind of indicator on the dash to select your four wheel or high wheel or whatever you're in. Yeah, isn't that just on demand? It's an automatic thing. I don't even know how. Do you know how that works? 
Yeah, yeah, what happens is is a computer in the car that sees what it's looking at is the speed of all the four wheel sensors. You know how you have anti lock brakes on that? Well, it's got a speed sensor on each wheel. And when it sees that one wheel is going faster than another, it applies the brake to that one to uh, allow the other wheel to catch up to get some torque. But of course, oh. the big thing is too, you know, uh, you do you have good tires on the car? Oh yeah, they're yeah, they're, they're Continental tires. They're pretty new, yeah. Okay, because you see the rubber, the, the tire is the contact between, you know, your vehicle and the road. And, and if you've got a ball tire on it, you could have six-wheel drive. It wouldn't make a difference. It wouldn't be able to get you out of the snow. But uh, it, should be, it should work fine. And, uh, again, as long as you've got good rubber. Um, do you put winter tires on in the wintertime? No, I just go with the radials all yeah. season. Yeah, well, I have a good look at them. And, uh, you hey. know, if you're going to keep the car for any length of time, it probably is worth the investment to put winter tires and, on it. And you're on the wrong side of the lake. You guys get snow. We get oh, nothing. Oh, yeah, we get everything dry. <laughs> they shut it down to us. <laughs> right? Exactly. So we I, don't would, want I would invest in snow tires. Yeah, I would put winter tires on it. Yeah, it's seriously. And it's called on-demand four-wheel drive, by the way. When it senses that it needs that little extra push, the computer adjusts it, and away she goes. All right, Rich, thanks for calling in. Have yourself a great weekend. Yeah, take care. All right, we One got date. No, we got to run, my friend. Sorry. <laughs> Have to call back next week. All righty. We're going to take a quick uh, break and we're talk to Dave. pay some bills. Dave's got some warranty issues we're going to have to talk about oh, right some, after this break. Somebody told him BMW means buy more warranty. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Could you believe that fella across the lake didn't have winter tires on his car? Yeah, you know what? And they get like snow like exactly. 30 feet. <laughs> That's actually crazy not to drive with, with, uh, without winter tires. Maybe Lewiston is in the Palm palm Belt or something, you know? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Well, you know, that in Quebec, it's law that you have to have snow tires on your car for the winter. That's Starting not... October, you must have snows on. And I think it's April they come off. We'll have to ask uh, uh, Darren next time he's down here. All right. Okay, uh, just a quick reminder for F1, guys. If you're into F1, which I am, I love F1. It's a nice way to blow your Sunday morning watching the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, who's been running for Red Bull, he's been with them, I think, now for 13 years. He started out as a junior driver. They trained him and blah, blah, blah. He won several races. He's got several points and podiums. has now decided to leave Red Bull and is going to the Renault team. Oh, yeah, that was just came out last night. Uh, that's a big move because uh, Renault is actually in the dumps, and they're supplying the motors to all these other guys, and they're beating the heck out of them. So Daniel Ricciardo will no longer be with Red Bull after this season. He will be with Renault. So this is what's called the silly season, mm. right? And Alan's got some recalls for you. Uh, go ahead, Al. Yes, I will. Um, if you have a 2015 all the way up to 18, so 15, 16, 17, and 18 Volkswagen Golf, you're going to be wanting to call up your dealership because they have an issue where the keys can be removed before the vehicle is placed into park. Um, so what happens there is people take, you know, they shut off the car. Um, they haven't put it in park necessarily, and the keys have come out, and the car actually rolls away because it's not in park. Because, you know, of course, Dave, nobody with automatic cars in North America uses their parking brake, no, right? No, definitely not. Uh, but speaking of Volkswagen, uh, they're thinking now that because of the emissions scandal that they had with the diesel engine and all these other issues that they're going through, uh, the diesel is, is probably dead as far as cars are concerned. Well, they're, uh, I think they're looking more at hybrids and, and electric electrical, cars. Yes, yeah. that's what they're pushing. Uh, they found God, and they're going to be booing electric cars from now on. Uh, but it's, but European uh, motorists are used to the diesel. So it's going to take about 10 or 15 years for those cars to go through the system yeah, but the reason they disappear. The reason they did that, though, was primarily because of the cost. You know, they're a little more frugal. And, yes. And, 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 the, the and diesel they're more robust. Got, 
and they got better mileage and they lasted longer. But but electric cars aren't going to cost you. Do you know how diesel started? Um, Back in the 1800s in the Ruhr Valley, where they had lots of coal, they mm -hmm. had all this coal dust everywhere, mountains of coal dust. Right. And they're trying to figure out what to do with it. So they asked Diesel, which is his real name, uh, to invent an engine to make it work. So he used the, the coal dust to fire these motors up. That and it dust? actually worked. Really? Yeah. Worked with coal dust, and then he found out it worked with oil. And uh, he had a scandal with the German government because they said it was the patent problems and they were involved in that. He ended up trying to go to England to sell them the patent, mm -hmm. and he disappeared on the ferry on the way over. Really? Some, some say he jumped. Some say he was pushed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, G uh, Chrysler is recalling 1.1 million. That's what an M trucks over tailgates that they can fly open while driving along. So they're recalling all these things, and what happens is there's a little hook that keeps this stuff together, and mm -hmm. it breaks, and the tailgate flies open, which isn't that important, except all your cargo <laughs> will fall. Oh, exactly. So, so the tailgate doesn't fall off, does it? No, it just opens it up. It just opens. And all the stuff comes out. And Ford, not to be left out, 550,000 Ford uh, Fusion sedans, Escapes, SUVs, also have a rollaway risk, and they're also under recall. So... You know what? I think people should get into the habit of using their parking brake. Mine's electric. It, you, so you press the button? Push the button. Yeah, works well, fine. Well, yeah, because, you know, what happens on these things, we always see it when we have to do a safety certificate for people, and they go, what do you mean you have, my parking brake doesn't work? I, of course, I never use it. Well, that's yeah. why it doesn't work. And when you're safetying a car, it does have to work. So, uh, yeah, you know, what you should do is use it or lose it, eh? It's, an, it's a fascinating industry. And because this happens, it's because they're all using the same parts. Mm -hmm. these, these manufacturers don't actually build very much. They buy it all in from these guys like Magna and, and, and Delphi and So they really and just – so they're the company that they just assemble the parts. They, they assemble. They give them the orders to build this for the lowest amount of money, mm -hmm. and uh, we'll slap it in the car. And they use the same part for everything. So when the one goes bad, it all goes bad. Alan, take us out. I think it's well, time yeah, to break. Yeah, we've got to take... I hear the music. It means we're going to have to run, but we're going to talk to Dave and Doug right after this break. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Boy, it sounded like we are in the movies there. Yeah, wow. <laughs> new hires, eh? Super. <laughs> uh, let's go quickly to the phones. Uh, we're going to talk to Dave in Toronto about warranty. Dave. How are you, Dave? Oh, hi there. Uh, good morning, uh, both of you. Do you need more warranty? Uh well, I have a 14 Dodge Dart with 64,000 clicks on it. Yeah. So I have the extended warranty from Chrysler on it. Right. So I was experiencing, I guess, what they call like a thumping sound. And uh, it sounds like that sound when you get a nail on a tire and you're driving and it speeds up. Right. So the dealer, uh, uh, they replaced both the rear wheel bearings. Okay. And they retested and they still was the thumping sounds. Oh, so the bearings they covered by the warranty, correct? Yes. Okay, but you still have the same noise. And they still have the same sounds. Uh, Did so you go back there? So, pardon? And so you went back? No, no, no. That was while I was there. Right. And so then they, they, they had another Dodge Dart. They said, so they took the tires off that one, put them on my car. And there was no more, no, no more sound, thumping sounds. You should have just driven away at that point. So then they wanted to sell me a whole set of new tires. You should have left when they put the other ones on. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, I said, well, did you determine which tire is making that thumping sound then? One, one or two in the back. So, so they said, get a, get a whole set in four tires. So, um, so my question is, there, you know, uh, it, 
how can he determine? I don't want to, you know, uh, 64,000 is not a lot of miles for these for tires. I don't think so. Well, well, actually, 60K on on factory tires, for the most part, is kind of normal. They generally put on a soft rubber tire. Um, uh, But here's the deal. Do you have any idea how much tread was left on those tires? Well, I didn't measure, but but visually you can see it seems like quite a bit still. Well, here's the the option is, like you say, the the thump is only coming from one of the two tires. It can't be both, right? Yes. So all I had to do was swap out one of yours for one of the other ones. That's, you know, not rocket science. Um, must have been the same guy that took the drain plug out <laughs> with the impact wrench on the first collar. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my point is this. Uh, if the tread on the tire is, you know, not bad, and uh, that tire is still available from the manufacturer, you could buy one tire only and, and, and go that route, okay? Now, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, though, the tires are not covered by the warranty, correct? No. No, they're not. No, 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 not on extended warranty. Okay. Well, yeah. so uh, so now are you still driving around with the bumpy tires or what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you determine which tire is the bad one? Any well, you've got to drive up to 65 Brisbane, yeah. oh. and, uh, and and we'll figure that out. It's, oh, it's he, not, he's not he's hard at all. Yeah, he's in exactly. Okay. Dave, give me a call Tuesday. How's that? That sounds good. All right. Have Very yourself a great stuff. weekend. Thank you, too. Okay. You're welcome. We're going to take last caller today, and that's Doug in Hamilton. Doug in Hamilton. What's going on? you got a Ford Escape. you like that car? It's a nice car. Good morning. Good morning. Is there a butt um, here? Is there a butt? It is so hot here, it's ridiculous. Okay. Um, I am. Uh, I bought the car with 25K on it, and uh, for my job, sometimes I have to sit here and idle. Mm-hmm. And at 75K was my first time I had to sit here and idle. And when it was warming up, it was fine, idling about 900, 950. When it got to warm idle around 750, I got a vibration. Mm-hmm. And as it warmed up, like two or three minutes as it reached operating temperature, I got a low resonance humming noise with even more vibration. Mm-hmm. Coming gonna... back to the dealer, they say, nope, it's operating fine. Here's your keys. Good day. Okay. I. I got a survey, and I obviously put in a negative survey. Right, because you weren't happy with your answer. No, that was I was just I was just dismissed by right. the service department. So then uh, I got a call back from the service manager, and he put a specialist on it and all that, and he says, "Nope, this is operating exactly how it's designed." So you asked him if if you're supposed to be hearing this resonance, this buzzing or rattling noise. We sat in the car together, and yep, that's normal. That, that's how these vehicles operate. Yeah. You know what? Why don't you scoot, scoot over to another dealer? You think so? Yeah, just sure. Scoot, what you get got a second opinion. Lose. Yeah, get a second opinion. Yeah. And if that second opinion still doesn't make you happy, contact Ford directly. Yeah, it, I mean, it gives me a headache sitting. Uh, yes, part yes. of my job, I have to run it sometimes, not yes. all the time. Just and it sometimes. could be uh, air conditioning, or it could be a vibration in the exhaust, could be a heat well, shield. I, I tried turning off the air conditioning. I tried turning off the auto. They're, they're stuck on this auto start stop thing. It's not yeah. auto start start. It's when I'm idling in park, just sitting here. Yeah. Okay. I would, like I say, I would go to a second dealer, uh, get a second opinion, and see if that doesn't make you happy. If not, then contact Ford directly, and you want to see the district service manager, the DSM. Okay. All right. The DSM is the guy that's responsible for all the service managers in his district, and he's there to make people happy because they want to buy another car. So yeah. <laughs> uh, DSM is who you want to talk to, but first go to another dealer. Explain the situation, see what they come up with. Go to one that's busy. 
You know, go to a dealer that, you know, he seems like he knows what they're doing, and you probably find better professionals there. Yeah, well, it's, it's, this was the Ford dealership. This was yeah. the one I bought the car from. Yeah, but move on to yeah, the but next that, that was Dangerfield's Ford, eh? Yeah, I get no respect. <laughs> I get no respect. No respect at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah, do that and see how it is. And get back to us. Let us know. I like that. I like okay. that. Try a different dealer. Try a different dealer. And uh, like I say, call us back. We'd like to know. All righty. That is what's called a show. You'd think they want to make the customer happy, wouldn't you? You know what? Sometimes I wonder. Uh, they're just more interested in selling cars or selling, uh, you know. Uh, I have to give a good shout-out. Old Mill Pontiac, I took my car in for service yesterday. Yeah? They did exactly what I wanted. No upsell. The car was ready in time. It was just a real pleasure to go there. So. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, good stuff. I'll buy another car as soon as this one is paid for. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, thank you. Yes, I want to thank Joe Arrigo for uh, taking a couple of minutes talking yes, to him. And I want to thank Carrie uh, Schmidt, Carrie Schmidt of yeah. course, OPP sergeant. And and if you do see an emergency vehicle on the side of the road, please slow down, move over, give them some space. Yes. Ainsley, thank you for running the board. You did a great job today. It's almost like you knew what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, next week is another show. Maybe our audience will be back. And we'll... she got a learner's permit or what? Uh, she knows how to push the button. Next week, her she knows G. How to She'll push get the full button. G next time. <laughs> All <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for uh, calling. Thanks for joining in. Drive safe, everyone. We'll see you next time on Dave's Corner Garage. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.